folks, it's the fish fucking movie. That's the fish. That's the fish. <laughs> They're fucking. Hey, welcome to Accidents Happen, uh, the, the podcast where we talk about movies and then we share embarrassing stories that have something to do with that movie, uh, sometimes loosely. This I feel like this is one going to be one of the cases where it's very loose. Although it's also pretty, it's it's kind of the main point of the of the movie at the same time. Yeah, this movie's up for interpretation. We'll talk about it. Uh, before we get to the movie part, there were a couple of things I wanted to say that are embarrassing things that have happened to me since the last time that we recorded, but oh. I, I don't think are big enough to, to be its own show. Gotcha. What happened? A couple things. So first of all, I, and you know, this one is that when I, I, I edit the show. Mm-hmm. And so for the first episode, I edited it, edited it. You edited it. I edit the show. And then I send, I like share it with you on Google, mm-hmm. but I, I've never emailed you before. So I ask <laughs> you what your email is. And to which I responded, my email. Yeah, your your real email, which is not just Tim Brenner at Gmail. And so I'm like, oh, cool. That's his email. And I go to share the, share the show with you. <laughs> and. I, I start typing in Tim Brenner and then something pops up and I'm like, there it is. Without <laughs> no, no questions asked. That's it. Autofill. That must be right. It must know the exact Tim Brenner that I'm thinking about. <laughs> Thanks, Google. And then uh, I, because you can share a comment with it. Like you can share a link on Google Drive and then add a comment to it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something funny that just the two of us is going to know about. So I'm going to write. <laughs> So I made the comment, "Dinky poopy caca." Like that. <laughs> that rocks, man. <laughs> sent sent send, mm-hmm. and like a half hour goes by, and I'm like, "Man, Tim never got back to me about that that link that I shared." And I was like, "I wonder if he even got it." And so I went and I checked, and it was just some random Tim Brenner. So. <laughs> So somewhere out there is a Tim Brenner that hopefully you're checking out the show because it was from our accidents happen uh, Gmail. The, and so you know maybe, what? It's okay, Jameson, because you want to know why accidents why? happen, bud. Accidents happen. Accidents happen. Second, uh, I don't even know what if if minor accident uh, is yesterday. I'm doing like yard work in my for my house. And one of the things is that my mom, like, got this hammock thing at a yard sale. Mm-hmm. And so kind of do, like, a, a half-assed restoration of it where we, like, sanded all the, like, crusty paint and rust off of it. And I, like, spray painted it and then just set it up. But the net part of it is very tight. Like, we opened it up and we are like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But just through like sheer will and and force brute force we got it we got the net thing to connect to the two hooks and so it's very tight it's a very tight hammock but once you get into it 
very taut. And so once you get in it, it's fine. And, you know, it's supposed to be pretty tight because mm-hmm. you don't want your ass to hit the ground. Sure. But uh, so I get in it and I move my weight slightly to the wrong side and it completely does a 180 flip and I just land right on my back. <laughs> oh, hell ground. yeah, dude. Kind of hurt my back. Later the next day, I was showing uh, the next day. That's today. Uh, later that day, uh, I was showing someone else. Hey, look at this this hammock. I spray painted it, and I got in it again. Same thing happened. This time, I landed like on my neck. Oh, buddy. And so, uh, yeah, no, I got this heat pack thing on my shoulder because anytime I look this way, it hurts, and anytime I move my arm like that, buddy. I think you should stay. My job mostly relies on me lifting heavy things, so that's good. How do you how do you go about like saying to your boss like, "Hey, sorry, I can't like lift as many heavy objects today. I uh, got into a disagreement with a hammock." Uh, probably exactly like that, and I'm sure they won't ask any other questions, and they'll say, "You know what? You can take this day off, and uh, we'll still pay you." Uh, because you because employers always treat. People right when they're injured. Employers, especially of of employees that make minimum wage, are extremely understanding. I guess there was um an embarrassing thing that happened to me, um which we kind of talked about this a little bit after we recorded, uh because after we recorded the first episode, I had to go uh, pick up my dog from doggy day camp because I'm white, and uh, the week prior I picked him up. And this really cute girl, like, works there. And, like, I kind of freaked out. But on the day we recorded Jameson, we were fine, baby. Played a calm, cool collective. This is, like, the last episode. Tim averting crisis. And I'm not, I'm not quite there. It's okay. You know, it takes time and patience and, you know, just a little bit of heart in order to avoid that, avoid that trauma. Another key thing, I had a mustache that day. Are, do you still have the mustache? No, I shaved it. It's gone. Well, I mean, we got a little scruff going. We got a little scruff McGruff going in. But uh, other than that, no. I, I, I still got the scraggly sides, the patchy underneath. It's not, it's not pretty, but it's not as bad as a mustache. I'm so self-conscious right now, too, about every time that I swallow. Because I got a new, I have, uh, it's not a new microphone, but I, got, I had to get an adapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, to use my microphone with my computer. So in the last episode, my audio is terrible because I was just using like headphones. And this this is like a it's a pretty good stereo mic. So I'm worried that every time I swallow, everybody's gonna be so acutely aware of my esophagus and all the noise that it makes. If it's any consolation, not only can I not hear it, but I also welcome it. I couldn't even hear it. I couldn't hear it. Good. Good thing. There must be some sort of noise gate on this. Honestly, there might be. So, this week, uh, we decided that we were going to talk about romance. And after throwing a lot of movie ideas around, we landed on, was it 2017? I I believe it was 2017s, yeah. I was going to do more research about the movie. It is, in fact, 2017s. 2017 uh, Guillermo del Toro film, The Shape of Water. A Best Picture winner. Which, Best Picture winner. Uh, very well received, although 
not very well received by some people. I, w- I would say beloved amongst critics, divided amongst audiences. There it is. Because I think me and you have slightly differing opinions, just slightly. Because you've seen this movie, you've seen this movie quite a bit, Jameson. Yeah. How many times have you seen it? Uh, by my count, I want to say this is at least four. See, and I think that's too many times to see Guillermo del Toro's 2017 Best Picture winner, The Shape of Water. That's about three times too many. Three times too many? You think one is enough? I think one is plenty. I think I got it. I got it on one. And that's not to say I disliked the movie, but I, I, I literally just finished it ten minutes, ten minutes before recording, and um, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it. But did I, uh, did I, am I, you know, head over heels? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can persuade me, Jameson. I was at the time. I was. I was. I really liked this movie. And here's what I'm gonna say about watching it for the fourth time, at, at least, is that I still found new things in the movie, and I made really? notes about it. I I found little, because, you know, when you're watching a movie the first time, your eyes kind of go wherever the director wants it to. Yeah. But after you get used to that, you kind of start looking around the screen, you know, to, like, little hidden details. And so that that was the kind of stuff that I got, little performance stuff. And what hidden details did you find? All right, so um, I guess if we're gonna we're gonna start with that, um, we should start with uh, Eliza, who is played by Sally Hawkins, masturbates a lot in this movie. Oh, first five minutes, she wanks it. Absolutely, and then there's like maybe two other montages where there's yeah where yeah where she she does it in the bathtub, which is kind of foreshadowing to how she likes to um to get jiggy with fish. it yeah yeah uh and so the the little detail that i noticed is that we see eliza uh masturbate a few times and then at some point she's talking to her best friend and uh she's eating cornflakes and her best friend goes oh you know that they invented cornflakes to make people stop masturbating and she kind of stops and she looks at the cornflakes and then he goes Oh, it didn't work, and then she's like, kind of relieved and keeps oh, okay. eating them. You know that is this thing I didn't notice because I, I just all right. First off, that that is true. Uh, cornflakes were invented by a uh, crazy Christian scientist who uh, who thought that uh, multigrains could help prevent masturbation. But also, what a performance by Richard Jenkins! thing about richard jenkins uh the first time i think i ever saw richard jenkins in a movie was Step Brothers. me too and for yeah for years i thought that uh he was james taylor james taylor singer songwriter james taylor uh you know i mean i guess they look alike James Taylor? No one told me otherwise, and I was like, what, eight at the time of Step Brothers? And so for some, I don't know who Richard Jenkins is. I know who I mean, James Taylor his is. his name's in the credits, bud. You're in, were you eight years old listening, like, religiously to James Taylor? My grandparents love James Taylor. See, I wasn't listening to James Taylor at eight. I, I mean, I was. We were raised in different households, I guess. Were, I was listening to punk rock music at eight years old. No, I, I, uh... <laughs> 
I, I willingly listened to whatever my parents and my grandparents gave to me. So that's fair, man. That's fair. That means that means James Taylor. That also means Irish folk music. Van uh, oh. Halen. I wouldn't say that these are my favorite types of music. Like I have things that I enjoy, but I I, I was never like fuck you, Dad. I'm not gonna listen to Fifty One Fifty. I don't like guitar solos. That rocks, man. My dad. I found one of my uh my dad's old records. It's a uh, Dutch Masters by Focus. So, and mm-hmm. guess what? That and that has Hocus Pocus by Focus on it, which is one of my favorite songs. One of the only yodeling rock songs. One of the only yodeling whistling rock songs to be featured in the movie Baby Driver. I I think that one is definitely only. It's not definitely. one of. I think that's the only one that meets that criteria. I I love Baby Driver. I but... have not been able to bring myself to watch Baby Driver after the whole Kevin Spacey thing. You know what? There's one scene in it that will make you happy you watched it. And it has to do with Kevin Spacey, surprisingly. I won't spoil it for you. But just know, it comes at the end. Oh, when he it's when he dies. You got it. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the movie Baby Driver. Spoiler ever. alert. It happens, but it happens in a very vicious way. And I think you get a kick out of it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I remember, I, I remember watching the movie and I remember really liking it, but. That's not the movie we're talking about. We're talking about the shape of water. We're talking about the shape of water. Yeah. So, so the masturbating. The masturbating. Um, I think the meaning of it, because there's, I mean, it's the kind of movie where everything has. I mean, all movies, everything is kind of has a point. I don't know why I'm saying specifically for this movie, but like, I would say some more than others. Some more than others. Yeah. But like she times herself that's one thing that i realized is kind of weird is that she sets a timer when she's a because she makes herself a bath which uh she liberally uses water like too much all the time yeah to use a phrase that tim likes she fills that bath to the brim with water (laughs) it's I do like to say that. Constantly overflowing every time that she moves. Oh, yeah. It's lot. almost like you in the hammock. Like, every it, weight distribution has an adverse effect. An enormous adverse effect. <laughs> and it has repercussions later in the film. She, like, floods a movie theater, practically. Oh, yeah. I think I know why she sets the timer, though. Why? Because if you uh, see, the she puts eggs into boiling water. She sets the egg timer so that she finishes her bath slash wanking it when the eggs are done hard-boiling. Tim, uh, I don't want to get too personal, but when you masturbate, do you have other things going on? Are you like, oh, I got to babysit this kid, <laughs> and that's my responsibility, but also I'm going to go into this other room? No, I'm, I no, I mean I typically tend to clear my schedule for an entire afternoon if I'm doing it, but um Yeah, so you can say that it would be a part of your daily schedule that you hard boil eggs and then make an entire bath for 5 minutes. This to masturbate. woman This woman has her schedule down. And I think I think fitting in a quick wank every night before she goes to work, I think that's just part of it have to draw a bath to the brim of your bathtub every time for dude it's such the a way she water. does it with such intent and in, not only intent but calculation 
uh, she she is methodical about it, and all the other synonyms for methodical um, and intentful. Because like she gets in the bath, she sits for a second, and then leg comes up on the side, and she starts going at it. I feel like she could save herself time, because if this is about being as effective as possible, I say don't even wait for the bath to be fully drawn. Get under the water while it's while it's filling the bath. <laughs> well, well, that raises the question: Is the wa- is is she filling the water while she's also starting the eggs, so that the two are going simultaneously, so that the water is filled to the brim of the uh, of the bathtub while she's getting that ready? So when she's done preparing the eggs, she sets the timer. Boom, goes in. Is that is that the case? Who's I would need to rewatch the editing of the montage, but it's 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 a good case. That you that you're making, because uh, she's methodical with it. She's efficient. Efi- I would say efficient to a fault. To a fault. Why is that? I I don't know. It just seemed like a a good claim to make. Okay, so you're full of hot air. Oh, absolutely. I am ninety nine percent hot air, one percent water. The shape of water. Yeah, she wangs it about four, five, th- three times, three times in this movie. Probably. I think it's three. I think it's about three. It's almost like the movie Capone. I don't think that um, the masturbating scenes are, you know, as integral. I mean, I think they are shocking. I remember the first time I watched this movie and Sally Hawkins removes her robe. And I was like, oh, I I wasn't expecting this to be in the movie. Right. But, um, like, I can't remember the second and third time. I remember the first time. I think it was just a quick montage. They're not as graphic as the shitting scenes in Capone. No. But there is one other scene that is, I wouldn't say as graphic, but, but it, 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 it walks that fine line between graphic and tasteful. And I, and I think we'll probably get to that. But what other things did you notice this time around that I myself as a first-time viewer would not? notice this but it was like a little thing that made me laugh is that when she's going to work for the first time she sits next to this man who is holding a balloon and a cake mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a different angle and the cake already has one slice cut out of it and uh that just seems like a fun thing for me that's like a little <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know it's like what is that man coming from a birthday party that only he was a part of? Or was he but going he was to somewhere one? else? Was he going to one and he could not stop himself from eating the cake? Was he at the bake shop and he insisted on the bakery. making sure that the, the cake... bake shop is the bakery? I call it the bake shop. <laughs> uh, was was he at the bakery? <laughs> I'm a stickler for words. And and like, oh, I want to make sure that this cake is good. And he's like, oh, well, mm. we don't have time to make an entire other cake. And he's like, I don't care. I think it's also important to note that the, the cake doesn't have a cover on it. He's taking it onto a bus, public transportation, a place where people cough and sneeze, piss, shit, fart on the daily. Uh, we know this now because of the world that we're living in. Is yeah. Hyper, uh, analyzing germs. Yeah. I, I Every movie I watch, I think to myself, oh, don't hold hands it's not safe yet uh not 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 remembering that the the shape of water was probably filmed in 2016 2015 um but he takes it open even even pre-covid even pre-covid times jameson 
he has the, I would say, balls to take it onto a public bus that you just don't really know what's going on there. It's 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 like if you were to bring food into a bathroom, it's got poop germs on it. That's yeah. I mean, there's probably poop germs on the bus. There's poop. There there's probably poop particles floating around the bus. At the very minimum, piss particles. People piss their pants. Al Capone, I'm sure if he wasn't in Florida living in that mansion, would have shit his pants on a bus in the middle of Baltimore if he was there during The Shape of Water. But I digress. I, I It's just dirty. It's dirty, Jameson. And I, honestly, I, I'm not, I won't stand for it. There's a lot of things in this movie that are dirty, and I don't think that Tim stands for. Uh, this is the first of many gripes <laughs> that Tim is going to have with the movie The Shape of Water. I bet. Get you if you're a diehard Shape of Water fan, you're gonna get, you're gonna be upset. Uh, by things that Tim said. Shape of Water stand Twitter, uh, come at me. This is gonna be brutal. <laughs> Which is the th- the thing is, I don't hate this movie. I, I I I I think I enjoyed it. I would say I've never seen anything like it. Okay. And I'm still digesting it. Which we're, we're which we're processing through in real time. This is yeah. This is interesting because this is immediately after. This is immediate. This is fresh. This is raw. This is radio, baby. A couple things I loved about the movie. The performances were top-notch. Richard Jenkins, Octavia Spencer, Michael Shannon delivering. Someone someone get a bucket of water, because this man's hot. There's plenty of water. Plenty of water. There's so much water in this woman's bathtub. Not only that, but the entire movie. It gets rainy. It gets rainy, Jameson. That was why the last film was shot in the rain. The last film. The last scene was shot in the rain. Because Michael Shannon was just so hot. He was so hot the entire down. Crew was they, they just turned on all the sprinklers. They're like, Michael Shannon is too hot for this movie. Two plus two He's is gonna four. He's going to burn down the studio. Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three. Quick maths. Man's not hot. Uh, but in this case, man's hot. Um, I The only gripe I have with Sally, I have a small gripe with Sally Hawkins' performance. And that gripe is she had big Amelie vibes. Don't know who Amelie is. Amelie is like a French, a French movie about this like girl who's like, uh-huh, I am Amelie. I'm going to make a uh, origami. I am Amelie. Some shit like that, and it just annoys me when someone is okay, like, yeah. when someone is like uh-huh, quirky, you know. Even though Eliza <laughs> couldn't talk, she had that uh-huh kind of vibe, you know. Fair, especially in the tap dancing scene. Especially in the tap dance scene. Also, so this brings me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say this brings me to the setting. So, like, where do you think this movie is set, and when? I did not know for the first thirty minutes. I don't. Or, I don't even remember. It, the movie. The movie never tells you until you are at Michael Shannon's house, and he goes home to his family, and he goes, and it's like, oh, the kids are liking it here, and he goes, eh, it's still Baltimore. So the movie's in yeah. Baltimore. Now, yeah, yeah. Using my um, let's call it plethora of knowledge, um, I would say this movie's in the sixties because the Red Scare, fifties or sixties. To me, it feels like one of those weird conglomerate settings that is like only also in Batman for some reason, where yes. like Gotham City and the Tim Burton movies is like present day, but also somehow the 40s yeah and it's new york city but it's also like victorian london like it doesn't make any sense oh yeah it, it 
it's I I would say it's the same thing for how Mad Max is a post-apocalyptic movie, but the only cars are like um I would say like Beatles and like Model Ts. I I guess Guillermo chose all this, you know, French music and a lot of the costuming, especially of like Sally Hawkins, Eliza yeah. is like very French. She has a lot of like weird French artist caps, whatever those are called. Don't know. A beret. A beret. Uh, <laughs> a raspberry beret. Raz- Although everything's green. Everything's green. Except except uh, Sally Hawkins' costume throughout the, uh, as the movie progresses, she gets more and more red. Yeah. And then Michael Shannon is like kind of yellow. Yeah, his house is yellow, but then his his car is teal or, or is um, green. Beautiful shade of green. It's teal. Shut the fuck. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you asshole. I mean, Sally Hawkins. The costume design was fucking awesome in this. Like, yeah, really incredible. I will say though, going back a little bit to my performance note, the amount of emotion Sally Hawkins was able to give off without saying a word of dialogue. Oh, me, oh, my. That was incredible. Did she have Amelie vibes? Sure. Uh, did it annoy me for the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie? Probably. I'm saying it, so it's got to be true. But I would say, in the end, I, I fucking dug that performance. I love the, the scene when she's in the hallway uh, after she's trying to convince her best friend that she's in love with a fish. She, like, bangs on the wall. Yeah. Because she can't yell. She's, she's like, how, how am I supposed to show how aggressive I feel about this? Mm-hmm. She, like, bangs the wall, and I really love that. So let's talk about the fish man. Let, let's talk about the fish man. The fish man is played by, uh, I believe, by Guillermo del Toro cast, um, I, I would say centerpiece, uh, Doug, Doug Jones plays the amphibious man, a man who has portrayed many creatures for Guillermo del Toro. And he uh, did a very good job in this one. The costume was fucking awesome. It looks really cool. Uh, he has about 20 abs. He does have 20 abs and a hidden peen. Do we want to get... Um, do we Do we just want to immediately get into the... I think we get into, into the, the second. Okay. okay. So here's here's what I want to ask you, Tim. Yeah. I was... This is... Like, what... Part of when I was rewatching this movie, what I was paying such acute attention to was trying to figure out when Eliza figures out that she wants to have sex with this fish. And I want to know what you think. I would say it's damn near right away. It's nearly immediately. I would say it's the next time she, I mean, she, she Frank Reynolds it. She offers the creature an egg in this trying time. I would say it's damn near immediate, because there, there were some plot things that I kind of didn't gel with immediately, but I was able to forgive it because suspension of disbelief is has to be, you know, up to the max with this movie. Um, she walks, or she has all those big scientists and security guards around her, and then she amelies her away. She goes, ooh like up to the uh, uh, the tank, and she goes, mm-hmm, and just starts tapping on the fucking glass. You work in a secret lab. Are you trying to get shanked? Absolutely. Right? Because, like, if you worked in a lab, and the guy was like, we have a very valuable asset coming, would you fucking touch it if you were cleaning? Absolutely not, no. 
No, because you don't want to get shot by the fucking CIA, Jameson. And they're very aggressive. Michael Shannon's character would not even flinch to shoot one of these, you know, you know, janitors. No, he's, he gets his fucking fingies chew, chewed off by the by the amphibious man. He's not a fish. He's not a frog. Oh, he's an amphibious man. He gets two fingies ch- uh, fucking clean off, Jameson. Clean off, and he just go and he just gallops out. He goes <clears throat> in a, in true Michael Shannon fashion. Really worked up about this, Tim. Yeah, because who the fuck touches shit like that? You should have been in this movie. And you should have been, you should have been like the administrative uh, red tape guy. I was like, why, why are you bringing in the asset while they're cleaning? Yeah, get them out of the room first. Yeah, because if this shit is a secret amphibious boy, I'm calling him. He's not an amphibious man no more. He's an amphibious boy. If you're bringing in the amphibious boy into the, if you're bringing that boy into the lab now, are you going to have people who aren't fucking? who don't have that top-level security clearance to just look at it and Amelie there <laughs> kind of waltz their way up to the tank and just go, <laughs> even though she's not French, I bet she's French. She's she's at least, like, uh, how people say they're Anglophiles. Yeah. She's yeah, 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 very for sure. Very, like, berets and listening to French music and all that stuff. Like she, she probably wishes she was in France all the time. Oh, I bet. I bet. Granted, I kind of do. Sure. Food's great. France is great. They got the Eiffel tower and that's about all I know. She's taps on. So yeah, she taps taps on on the the glass glass. and that angered me. And then fish man pops out and she's like, holy shit. And so the next time, she kind of comes back, and she's able all of the time in this movie to get into the top secret lab without anybody else there. Yeah. So she comes back again, and she brings an egg, and she like teaches him how to say egg, and they both eat. And he like he's an animal at at this point in the movie. Like he is showing no, you know, human traits other than being bipedal. Like, when he eats the egg, he kind of grabs it and then just, like, jumps back into the water. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense that, like, oh, this is, this is like, a wild thing. But then, like, someone comes in and she kind of has this smile, like, oh, I'm doing something naughty. Yeah. I, she, I don't think she ever realizes what she's doing is illegal. More of just, like, naughty. It's like, it's naughty? Yeah. And so... I would say when I was watching this and I was trying to figure out when she decided she wanted to have sex yeah. with this fish was either then or it's like a weird, it's like a grayscale or something because I can, you can watch this movie and if they took out the, the sex parts, it would just be a good movie about animal rights. It's free willy. Yeah, about like, hey, we're treating this animal poorly and it deserves to be wild and in the ocean and not like in some lab and they're abusing it and they're going to dissect it. And it's like the only thing on the earth that's like this. And so, I I mean, that would be a fine movie. And and then they, they add the romance part on top, which 
I don't think is bad, but it's definitely it's strange. Yeah, very strange considering that uh, you know we're taught all our lives to not want to fuck fish. I would say it's it's definitely ingrained into the culture of probably the world. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I mean, the only thing in recent memory that even comes close to wanting to fuck fish, it's hentai, but even that's some kind of like, like, at least they have, I don't know enough about hentai, but uh, at least they have some human components, like actual human components, or is it just tentacles? It might just be tentacles. I don't even know if the tentacles come from anywhere, or if it's just tentacles uh, coming out of space. Interesting. Because I can only... I, yeah, I can't picture the other half of of the tentacles where they. Come I can't from. either. I can't either, uh, Jameson. You might have to do some investigative reporting on this one for the next episode. You might need to right. watch some hentai. Okay, hold on. I'm getting private browser. <laughs> Holy shit! Hentai. Do you know how to spell hentai? I I figured it out. Okay. Tentacles. I know how to spell it. Where from? Sorry. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh, I'm looking I see your face, Jameson. Uh, I'm excited. Yes. Here's here's the problem that I was uh holy shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah, here's the problem is that they don't show it's just tentacles coming from nowhere. Like they don't Jesus. Is it a human? Christ. Like is no, it human it's with just, tentacles coming out? Can can I can hold, just tentacles? Can you hold it up to the camera? Yeah, let's see. Um Oh. Oh my god. Some of them are animated. Oh, this is graphic, folks. So it's just tentacles uh, fornicating with women. I don't even think it's tentacles, it's just Oh my god. Holy shit. What the fuck, Jane? What the fuck? How did we get here? <laughs> let's, uh, let's we watched The Shape of Water, Jameson. It's live action hentai. Yeah, so I guess if if we're... What what do you think his penis looks like? Uh, I let, Let's get into the, the movie's... Let's talk about the movie's description of his peener. Okay. Because if you... You're looking at the amphibious man. You would think it's just um, uh, like a Ken doll, like a Barbie and Ken doll. Nothing there. But blank zip, nada. Not, nothing there, folks. But the way they describe it is that there's flat, and then that spreads open, and then there's a little, there's a little peener that comes from the inside in which he can use to fuck the woman. I can't imagine it looks or acts like a humans, so I don't know how their parts would be compatible. I don't know either. And this is only what my brain is imagining is that, you know, his crotch opens up and then like a slug comes out. Is the only thing I can imagine making sense. Almost like Davy Jones's beard in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. That kind of slug. Which, which makes sense why we were thinking of hentai. And so when, when, you, search pe when you search fish penis <laughs> on Google... <laughs> All that shows up is this that looks like a penis. Uh, oh, that, holy shit, that does look like a dick. 
But what I can tell you is that uh, dolphins have enormous penises, but those are mammals. They're not fish. Interesting. So I, I think that's cheating. They're nary amphibious. Uh, this is an article from Mike. <laughs> Female fish don't care about penis size. Interesting. Uh, also, this is from Science Explorer. Male fish with small genitals are in luck. Hey. So, Tim, I mean, there's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> the scene in which Eliza uh, engages in coitus with the amphibious man, um, she walks into the bathroom, drops her. She's about to go to bed, and she's like, no, I'm going to fuck a fish. See, there is a moment, and it, I mean... It, there's it, there's a difference between what I was saying earlier when I'm saying when does Eliza realize she wants to fuck this fish and the moment when she realizes she wants to fuck this fish right now. Because <laughs> we know exactly when that happens. And that's oh, when yeah. uh, they take the fish out of the lab and then she fills up her bathtub and puts all these chemicals in so that the fish can... Uh, exist in it yeah and they're just hanging out i guess quite literally just vibing yeah they're just vibing and then uh he just like touches her shirt and it's like not even it's like i don't think he's trying to take her shirt off no he was looking at her like, scar. He was just like touch oh yeah okay which she, I guess, is ashamed of. But, but how I interpreted it is that he kind of moves her, her collar like this, oh. and it kind of reveals part of her chest, and she's like, oh, "Like he touched me." It's the first time that they like actually touch. Yeah, you're and right. then, uh, and then she leaves, and she and she leaves like, "I can't do this," and then she thinks like, "No, nah, I can do. It. I can definitely do this." I'm fuck this she, fish. Like, like I was watching her eyes because there's a there's a lot of inner monologues. You can kind of watch her eyes and imagine what she, what she's thinking. And I think, I think what she's thinking honestly is like, I'm mute. Uh, this, you know, this fish doesn't talk. Uh, if this goes bad, no one's gonna know. It's just gonna be a thing that I thought might be a good idea and then ended horribly. And then she yeah. like. He's like, okay, I'm going to do it. She goes back in. She, like, disrobes. And I think the fish is confused. I don't think the fish is like, this is sexy. I think the fish is like... Yeah, um, I mean, judging from her smile in the next scene, it sounds like it looks like they had a great time. They definitely did. But I'm saying, like, if like if you got naked in front of a dog, the dog isn't like, oh, nice. The dog is like, this yeah. Is... Why were you wearing clothes in the first place? I yeah. make it all the time. You see, you watch me pee regularly. That's what the dog yeah. says. I, I took a shit in front of you five minutes ago. You picked it up, you freak. You picked it up. Your neighbor was there. He saw. They definitely had a good time. I don't know how exactly. You know. I don't this know. is why I wish. 
I, I knew what a fish's penis looks like because then I could I feel like I could really gauge gauge how this goes. I, I, but like, does he find women attractive? If we're gonna get back onto dolphins, sure. The only way that I think that this is really vi- viable and makes sense is that there was a study. I don't remember when. I'm half remembering the story. This is another thing that I was gonna research. Uh, to have a fuller uh, story uh, and forgot. And so I'm going to half remember a story for you guys. And that is that there was some study to try and get dolphins to understand language. And they were trying all these things. I think they gave the dolphins, the dolphins like LSD. And would try to te- like It was in that age of America where they thought that LSD could just do anything like the, the MK Ultra, whatever, yeah. like sleep agents on whatever. And that didn't work. But then uh, the dolphin handlers, who were all women, just started giving uh, handies to these dolphins. Yikes. And then they started, then then they started making amazing progress. And it be and it became like a a thing that they came to. It was like a like a treat. Like okay, if I do this, I get a reward. And that reward is a hand job. Uh, and so that's that's what I imagine the relationship being like is you know she does teach him language through like uh, sign language, and then uh, they have sex. Oh man, which is why I can't imagine. I'm so torn between wanting to believe, for some reason, that this is a romantic thing for both parties, but I have a feeling that Eliza is a very lonely woman. Uh, who feels misunderstood, and this is a fish who is horny. <laughs> uh, you're, honestly, man, you're not. You're probably not far off. Because I mean, if and, you want to look into it in like a thematic tone, the tone, the movie has a lot of like themes about you know racism and homophobia. Michael Shannon is terrible. Yeah, Michael Shannon sucks. The uh, owner of the uh, the pie thing. Pie shop. Yep. He he's not great. And then and then and then Eliza fucks a fish. Yeah. And so here's here's the thing. Uh, when gay marriage was still uh, illegal in America, and people were trying to make it uh, not legal or Jesus not illegal, uh, one of the arguments from people that were against gay marriage was like, "Oh man, if." women can start marrying women what's going to happen next people are going to start marrying horses and it's like okay come on now you're like making connections to two completely different things like mm-hmm. you know but in this movie not... she fucks a fish yeah and it tries to be like her neighbor is gay and he feels misunderstood and she wants to have sex with this fish and that's the same thing which feels counterproductive to counterproductive to the cause yeah, it feels it feels like Guillermo was not getting it. He was like, "Why can't we have both guys?" I want I want, I want character to fuck fish. <laughs> Y'all love sashimi. That's... Why do you think Guillermo wanted to make her have sex with this fish? Why was that the choice? I honestly couldn't tell you. Do we think Guillermo is into hentai? I don't know, man. I don't know. 
After everything that I just looked at, I'm starting to think that Guillermo was really into hentai and just wanted to make like a respected hentai cuz they have the there's a there's a sex scene where Eliza completely fills up the bathroom with water and it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it looks really cinematic. Yeah. And uh she's naked. The fish uh doesn't wear clothes ever. So it's naked, I guess. And they're kind of hugging. I I don't I mean they're both standing straight up at the exact same like where her neck can rest on his shoulder and Doug Jones is like a six foot something man. So I can't imagine anything making a reasonable connection that would right. do anything. So they're just kind of hugging naked, um, which I think is supposed to be sex. <laughs> and I think, I think Guillermo was like, this is going to make people really respect hentai. And this is coming from someone who's watched this movie four times, and it's made me cry multiple times. This movie made you cry. Interesting. This movie, second time I watched this movie, the end of the movie made me cry. Interesting. Because I was confused, and if if, if you don't mind, Jameson, I'd actually like to talk about that last scene. Okay. Because it's a very impactful scene at the, uh, at at the, at the canal, and, uh, uh, Richard Jenkins and Eliza are going to free the amphibious man. And then Wee Wee, um, uh, uh, Michael Shannon shows up. And he shoots, shoots the amphibious man. Shoots Eliza. Oh me, oh my. And then the amphibious man heals itself because it's magic. And then um, he slices Michael Shannon's throat. And he dies, like, like, all right, like, bet. And then they jump into the ocean, or into the canal, and then, and then Jameson, the amphibious man kisses Eliza, and she grows gills on her neck? Are you fucking kidding? Okay, so Eliza has scars on both of her, on both sides of her neck. She has three scars. And this is something that I also want to get into that was something on this rewatch that I I think means more than you might think it means. So, Eliza was an orphan, Mm -hmm. was adopted. They say she was found in a river, Mm -hmm. which... I uh, you might chalk up to being like a reference to Moses or something. I don't know. Oh, I think or I know you're maybe going with this. Batman Returns, but she has these scars on these necks on her neck, and uh, the fishman is from the Amazon area, from a specific river. Uh, Eliza's last name is Esposito, I think. So it, maybe she's from South South America. Holy shit. Which makes me think that the scars might originally be from the fish man. Like her family is fish people. I don't know if her family is fish people, but I think they were they were maybe around the fish people. I don't know. That's an interesting claim. Holy me oh my. But I think that the scars come from, if not this fish man, a fish man. But I th- think there's only one. There might so be only one because be they see him man. as a god. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I don't know what that means. 
but uh, it probably means something. I don't know if it's about the circle of violence, how the people that treat us the worst are what we what we end up uh, seeking the most from emotionally. Hmm. It's a statement on that, which I don't think it is. I don't know, man. This this movie's saying a lot, and uh, you know, it's hard to pick just one theme to connect to. So her scars become gills, which help her breathe in the ocean. It's also not entirely clear that this final scene even happened because oh. the narrator of the movie is um, her best friend, Richard Jenkins, and he doesn't see that happen. And he's kind of telling it like that happened. And uh, his narration kind of leaves it like, did they survive? I don't know. Uh, I like to believe that they did. And so it's she might just be dead in the water. Hmm. Interesting, because I kind of interpret it as uh, he, he, he sees them jump into the water, and then he doesn't see them come back up. So, I mean, who knows? Who really knows, man? This movie confused me, but I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I also really enjoy it, obviously. I want to do a deep dive. If we're going to talk about romance, what I think is one of the fatal flaws of this relationship between Eliza and the fish man is uh, what do they do? After the end of the movie, if we believe that they are together and she has gills and they live underwater, what do they do? How does this relationship work? Interesting. Because it, it feels like it comes purely from sex. It's like purely a, a sexual thing. Oh, yeah. There's nothing platonic about this. No. I, I mean, they can kind of communicate about uh, food and music vaguely. By the end of the movie, vaguely. I guess they're kind of sharing ideas about love. He, or at least he does together and she does a part. Yeah. And he understands that, and he's not thrilled about it. But it's like, it's not because they, I don't know, like the same things. Like, it's just sex. He's a fish from the Amazon, fish god from the Amazon, and she's a, a mute girl from Baltimore. Not much in common. She's an uptown girl. Living in an uptown Living in an uptown world. Oh, my God. And he's a fish boy. Living in a fish boy world. So so they they go underwater. The, what do, what does she eat? Does she start eating raw fish? Do they go on dinner dates? Can, can she breathe on land still? That's a very good question because he, the fish man, has two ways of breathing. He can breathe underwater, and then he can breathe air for a short time. Yeah, he can breathe air for like ten minutes, and then he needs to go back underwater. So maybe Eliza can breathe air and then she goes underwater for 10 minutes and has to go back in the air. Like a, uh, like a dolphin. Like a dolphin! Fuck! Right? Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. We're onto something here. So, o- overall, Jameson, what, what, out of 10, what score would you give this movie? Interesting, because... So I think when this movie came out and I watched it after like the second time, I think I would have easily given you 
at the very least like a 9.5. Yeah. But after watching it as many times as I did, I think what would happen with any movie is you start poking holes in it because you start like, you right. know, looking at things you wouldn't think about before and thinking too hard about this movie where a woman has sex with a fish. Like it's all metaphorical. Oh, it's and then you start taking it super literally. And so I guess, I don't know. It's still very good. It's not anything less than like a six. I wouldn't even give it like a seven. I agree. I'm, I'm, it's somewhere between an eight and a nine, maybe. I would say it's like a seven, seven and a half, maybe. Okay, then I'll I'll be reasonable and give it an eight. Oh, that's fair, Jameson. That's fair. It's very fair. I, I mean, eight. It's not even C's, and C's get degrees. You're so right. That's a B. And, 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 and with that being said, Jameson, um, I think it's high time we roll into the the story portion of the show. Uh, the topic is is romance, so we're gonna talk about failed romance. Tim, do you want to go first? Ah, oh, man. I mean, failed romance. I mean, I'm I'm a single boy, Jameson. Yeah, I'm in the scene. I'm in I'm in, I'm in that dating scene, brother. And um, uh, I, I I have Tinder, I have Bumble, I have Hinge, um, you know the the triple threat the triple threat rage brigade of sadness, and um, it, it was this was early November that I did this, and uh, it wasn't it's not one of my proudest moments, but um, it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. I was on my way home from work. I was super tired, and uh, sitting on the train. And uh, I see that I got a match. Oh me, oh my! A pretty girl liked my profile. That rocks. I didn't know what to say. I'm not good at pickup lines. I'm not good at you know being like flirty with someone. Not only that I've never met, but someone that I only really swipe because of their profile. And so I type out this line, Jameson. And that line is. I've been looking for the cash cap for years, like wanting to be on the show. But I think after after this long, if I were to get into the cash cab, the bright lights and the sounds would uh, give me a heart attack. And uh, she unmatched me. I think that was a good move for her because I think that you're being vulnerable <laughs> about something that you're really insecure about. And I think that's brave. <laughs> Thank you, Jameson. And like There's a lot uh, of men that aren't. What's that? They're not willing to admit no. that they're flawed. They no. want to come and they want to seem perfect. Like, and they want you to fall in love with a false idea. Right. They want you. Listen, ladies, if you're listening, I can only be as strong as someone going into the cash cab can be. You've seen the show, Jameson. You know how people react when the bright lights go off and the music goes on and Ben Bailey turns around and goes, hey, you're on Cash Cab. They go, oh me, oh my, oh gosh, oh lord. My pants are filled to the brim with piss now. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it, it, it takes a lot of a, for a person to, to admit that, that their pants are filled to the brim with piss. And even more so to say that they did it in the Cash Cab. Um, and then, you know, another instance of, of, of online dating, I actually have two instances now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it. So the 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 more recent one 
was a couple weeks ago. I was in bed. It was like three in the morning. I, I was staying up late. had a had a restless night. Didn't really. I was tossing and turning. Not really able to do much. And um, I look into my phone and see that I get a match on, again on Tinder. And this girl was very pretty. And so I was like, I, I gotta make this good. I gotta make this really like unique, and and really tells a lot about my personality. So we sent this. Lamb and damn rhyme, but lamb is spelled with a B, but damn is spelled with an N, and somehow they still rhyme? She unmatched me in the morning. So I think this is a mistake, because you know what this shows? What, what this is... shows that you're a deep thinker and you're intelligent. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, you're so right, bud. You're not a sheep. People not... live their lives just with all these inconsistencies and act like it's normal. My third, yeah, eye, is open, third eye is open. My third eye is open. And, and, and kind of the, the last story I'll tell. This was from probably freshman year of college. Uh, I was home on uh, probably like Thanksgiving break, one of those like long weekends in the fall. And um, I matched with this girl on Tinder. Oh, me, oh, my. And she sends me a message first, Jameson. A rarity. Shit. Right? What do you do in that yeah. situation? Especially when the message reads this. Hey, do you want nudes? Right? Question. This is a an nice important question. Softball. A softball. I could easily knock this one out of the park. How J- did she spell nudes? The way you spell nudes, N U D E S. Not with a Z. Or two O's. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and, and admittedly, Jameson, this is from when I still partook in the Devil's Latouche, in the Gange. So I was not myself that night. And I. I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be, that, that'd be sick. I'd be like, dope. And she's like, all right, send me your number. So I send my number, but I don't put my area code because I forgot it because of the 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 the, the uh, side effects of my cam- cannabinoid receptors. And Jameson, she messaged me this. If your number's too small, then so is your dick. Oh, shit. And you know, what, you know what I did? In, 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 you know what I did, Jameson, in that spirit of resilience? Yeah. I unmatched her, bro. There you go. Who needs that negativity? Because I sure fucking don't. So that's that's interesting because I'm I'm I I don't do online dating. I'm Smart single, move. but um, I don't I don't have any of those apps, and I'm not even really looking for a thing right now. Uh, so that's the, that, that scares me online dating. Like the idea of like having to create an image of yourself to like promote to people. Yeah. it's And to be like, this is for trying to get you to like me. Yeah. And to get you to want to see me naked. Yeah. Which like, I don't even want to see myself naked. So like, how do, how do I tee that up so that via an app I can get someone else to do something that I don't even want to do. What are some of the tips that you got that you're gonna give people? Because if if I asked you if I was like, hey, yeah, I was really against it at first, but I decided I, I want to make a Tinder. Right. Uh, here's some pictures of me. What, what you know, what pictures do I choose? What do I make my bio? Right. All incredible questions. I would say the first one has to be um one of you with a nice smile, you know, just you having fun, having a good casual time. Um, but then as you kind of go on, 
I would say the the pictures can vary. So, like, I have one that's of me in my graduation cap and gown. Shows I'm an educated boy. I saw uh, I, I have one where it's me in a suit and tie. Shows that I'm sophisticated. I have one of me doing stand-ups to, to let them know I have depression. And, and that you're looking for attention. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, always. Um, um, and then I have a picture of me in front of the abortion uh, gravestone from the church in Oswego. Just because I have a nice smile on it, and I think it's funny. Do you not know about the abortion tombstone in Oswego, Jameson? From a, or I go to school in Oswego, but I don't know what you're talking about. It's at the, it's at the cathedral in town, and there's a uh, tombstone on the side that says, in loving memory of all the innocent victims of abortion. And one night I got drunk and took a photo with Christ. it. Christ. I got, I, I, I got drunk and took a photo with it, and that's on my Tinder. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a nice photo of me, man. It, I have a really great smile in that photo. In terms of the bio, Jameson, I'd say that. Uh, um, Do you, would you mind reading your bio? Oh, absolutely. Because I haven't shared my bio with you, have I? I don't think so. Okay, you're in for a treat because I've actually gotten compliments. Uh, well, actually, when by compliments, I mean one compliment on it uh, from a match. My uh, bio is much like a pioneer heading west. I have a big MF wagon. I have heard this. For those of you who don't know, uh, wagon is a euphemism for a fat ass. Which I don't think is what most men would come forward with. No, but ever since that, I've been hovering around 15 likes, so it's doing something. Hmm. Like 15 likes that I haven't matched with yet. How many? um... And and in terms of total matches, Jameson, um, I have 88 since I redown and loaded Tinder. Which isn't high. It's not low. I'd say it's somewhere in between. What is what is high? I don't know, man. Depending on who you talk to. I'm not a traditionally attractive male, but I know women that have have it in like the couple hundreds. Cause I I, I have no barometer for that, and so that's that's too much information for me to have. That would that would be too many people that I would know are are somewhat interested in it's a lot to take in but once you go two weeks without a match it really humbles you all right so what are where are the some of the don'ts the don'ts um i mean i have my personal preferences don't if you're if you're a guy looking for a gal um i would say just don't put anything and save it all for me i need help um, so what what you would ask that I do is make my profile picture just <laughs> pictures of me with you in them. Oh, a thousand and then percent. A, like a link to your Tinder. Yeah, that'd is be great. that a thing? People link to each other's profiles. Uh yeah. Um, when you match with somebody, um, you can. Uh, or, yeah. So you can share, <laughs> this is kind of fucked up, you can share somebody's profile to a friend of yours. Right, so I would say, I would say, like, uh, in my Tinder bio, uh, match with me, I have a really interesting opportunity for you that you won't want to miss out on. And then I would get a lot of uh, venture capitalists in in my, my DMs, and then I would just yeah. send them your profile. Yeah, I would say uh, an opportunity is certainly one way to describe a relationship with me. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, stand up comic, do three podcasts. Um, I write screenplays. It, it's, it's a lot of, um, I would say vanilla shit. I like vanilla. People that know me know that I, I like vanilla ice cream. Well, Jameson, that rocks, man. It tells you a lot about me, honestly. I'm a very boring person. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're an eclectic character, and you've surprised me every day. Tell me one surprise, Tim. <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago, you sent me a picture. Okay. And the pretext leading up to it was, you won't believe how hairy my feet are. Oh no! <laughs> you sent me a picture, and I looked at it, and Jameson, I fucking couldn't believe it. <laughs> what did you say? I just, I saw a hairy what foot. I saw a hairy, really hairy foot. Okay, but there's there's something that you said about it that I that was illuminating for me. It was something that I don't think I really thought about. I don't know if you remember saying it. I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Okay, so you said when you saw the picture of my foot, you pointed out that uh, my leg hair just doesn't stop, and it goes straight down to my foot. And I was like, it does do that, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds mean in retrospect. I'm sorry, bud. No, no, I, I thought it was really funny. It, it, it is kind of true, though. No, I uh, I generally try to shave my feet about uh, two times a year. Interesting. And that, that fact shocked Kyle Sherry. And so I also sent him a picture of my feet. Uh, and he had the same reaction, I think. But I, I haven't gone. I have, I've gone a very long time without doing it. And this is probably the longest it's ever gotten. Uh, you know and I'm on the verge of, of shaving again, but I kind of want to hold out as long as possible. Let it fly, let it fly, dude. Do it. I'm growing my hair out. Grow, grow your foot hair out. Let's pivot from. Yeah, I want to talk about hairy, your relationship stuff. shit. Yeah, because uh, I do have hairy feet, and that is a thing that has come up as a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm. Actually, I'm taking a different approach, Tim. I'm going. I'm going prepubescent. Oh, and okay, somewhat sick. Pubescent. Yeah, because I, I, uh, like I said, I'm. I don't. I'm not actively, you know, in the dating scene right now, and so I don't. I don't have anything, uh, to say about about recent events. But I was a a, a what. The word didn't exist back then, but when in in middle school, I was a simp. How? Uh, for some reason, I really bought into the idea of Valentine's Day. Oh, I love Valentine's I, Day. Yeah, but the thing is, is um, it doesn't work, or at least in my experience, it does not work. So I, I very much in middle school bought into the idea that if I, if you had a crush on a girl and on Valentine's Day you did something for her, immediately it'd be like, oh, I didn't realize uh, you were you had a feeling about me or whatever, and you you did this one thing for me on this one day, and now we are boyfriend girlfriend. 
that was that was the scenario that played out in my head yeah. and uh and it's not what happened i would say it made me lose friends <laughs> oh no i would say that uh yeah no so let's see the first time that i tried this i guess it was fifth grade and sixth grade and then i immediately was like this isn't working two is enough i learned my lesson so valentine's day fifth grade i have this crush on this girl and fifth grade was like i think when guys started being like you know who's cute is this girl and there mm. were like two girls in the class that absolutely every guy was in love with yes uh and i'm i get i'm not gonna share names because i feel like that's weird oh yeah that makes but, sense but i i had a crush on this girl and I, I don't even, like, we were friends, I guess. I don't even know how much I really talked to her. Like, I wouldn't say we were great friends. Acquaintances. But I thought she was really cute. And so on Valentine's Day, or before Valentine's Day, I, 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 I had a plan. Like, I really, in, in advance, was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write this card that's going to be very different from everybody else's card because obviously when you're in school like that everybody gives everybody something on valentine's day because they specifically don't want kids to do what i did uh which is single people out and make them feel weird and so so i wrote out a card i don't even know what what it must have said or if it was just like a kind of generic you know, Valentine's Day, I don't know if I wrote a note in it, but I did buy like a very cheap $1 fake diamond. It was like earrings, like plastic earrings. Oh my God. I love Tim. Tim has his hand on his face. I love this. And I'm stressed. We have like our Valentine's Day thing where you put cards in everybody's thing. Yeah. And did you I do like the brown? Say, did you do like the brown paper bag thing taped to the front of the desk? Yeah, uh, yeah, we did that too. And it would like had your name on the bag, and everybody yeah. put your stuff, and then you just everybody ate candy. Like it was just everybody gave each other yeah, candy. Yeah. I'm the way I remember it is that as soon as I put the card in the bag, I was like, that was a mistake. What so, I did so, oh, was so definitely you, you immediately snapped out of it, like snapped out of this I, hopeless I got romantic so, phase. Over it so fast because. I just felt the weight, like, because there were things in, I there were earrings in the card. And I remember being like, I remember just seeing the card go in and it being heavier than everybody else's. And it like making a difference in the bag and being like, ah, that was, that was something I shouldn't have done. Is she at her desk for this? Like, is she near the bag or is she like everybody, everybody else's around? desk? Okay. Yeah. But I, I, I think I'm, I must have been like, she would still notice if I took it out and everybody got a card from me and she didn't get a card from me. And then she would think that I hate her. And so I think it was like, it was like either she thinks that I hate her because I didn't get her anything on Valentine's Day or um, this goes much better than I think it's going to. And she also has a crush on me. or. It gets very weird. And 
I'm gonna break it to you, Tim. Things got weird. Oh my god! Like I, this is like one of those like um, you know, when you watch a movie and the scene playing out is so awkward that you want that like you feel for yeah you feel for the characters and you want to look away but you can't. Yeah, it's one of those stories. Yeah, so she was very nice about it, is what I was saying. Um, she was very nice. I remember watching her get the card and gauging her reaction and being like, all right. Didn't, didn't, didn't. They're like, all right, the thing go the way I planned it. And that's, uh, you know what? We're, we're just going to adapt, improvise and overcome. Honestly, like, I think it was like, she picked it up and she was like, what, what's wrong with this card? Why, Why is, is it so, so heavy? heavy? And then she opened it and saw that there were like earrings inside and like closed. It was like, I'm not even going to read this. Like, this like, is going to no. be terrible. Wait, did you put anything specially like written in there? I don't know. I, that's, I can't remember that oh much. Oh my God. Cause if you like, no, if you profess your feelings, I feel like you would have remembered that. Probably. That would have added to the trauma. Of the remember situation. the next year, which we'll get to. Oh, so the the last bit about this about the uh, this specific valentine's day is that i remember watching her talk to her friends and just thinking like she's only talking about me and then i remember walking to music class and her talking to our teacher and i remember hearing bits and pieces of what she said and being like that is for sure about me and the teacher being like just don't say anything about it <laughs> oh Wow. And so I think we I think we carried on being friendly. But I think at least for a few weeks it was awkward, but she never Makes talked sense. about it. We both agreed never to talk about it. Like it's like I said, I was like this was a mistake. Uh and I was like if you're not going to talk about it, I'm I'm not going to talk about it and we can just pretend like it didn't happen. And so honestly that went that went pretty well, because we I mean we were still pretty like through high school and stuff or junior high whatever, like we were we were we were still friends like it wasn't weird. Yeah. So the next year uh, went much worse. Uh, what what grade is this in? This is sixth grade. Okay. In my English class, I sit. I sit behind this girl and it, again, like it, it's, it's, there's like, I feel like every, like every guy has a crush on the same, like five girls in middle school. Yeah. Like everybody is like, just agrees. Like, wow, these girls are really cute. Not that like other girls aren't cute, but that's just kind of what happens is like, everybody talks about, you talk about the same people. Yeah. Also, like, you're in classes with the same, in, in middle school, you're in classes with yeah. all the same people. So it's like a pool of, of 20 people total, like, you know, 12 are guys, and then 8 are girls, and then everybody talks about the same 5 girls or something. And so, we were really good friends. I remember even more than the girl from last year, like, we talked in class, and like, made each other laugh and so i think that was where my brain was like if this girl thinks that i'm funny she must think that i'm cute uh Uh, and the two the two things that are definitely mutually exclusive to each other 
Yeah, and after doing improv for two years, I can tell you, uh, no, yeah, that's not how it works. I did, I did improv for four years, and uh, boy, oh boy, uh, oof, oof. Let, let's let's just get an oof in the chat, fellas. So Valentine's Day happens this year. I don't go out and get something from like a store that's special. For one, person. I get like one of those. I get like a chocolate rose. Okay. That. That ever that like they sell at the school and they're like you can get this chocolate rose and you can attach a note to it and whatever and I'm like I'm gonna do that because that seems less weird than what I did before. <laughs> what I failed to realize is that uh, only people that were already in relationships did this. Like if you were already like we are a thing, Ooh. you did this, and also. You would like um, girlfriends would just send them to each other, like uh, like all the girls would just send each other chocolate roses because they were friends. Uh, like, and I don't not, know where this is going. Yeah, and not and not uh, guys, two girls that they have a crush on, and the girl does not know it. I send the chocolate rose to to her, and then I remember. We were in line for lunch, and she was like, "Hey, um, I got this this chocolate rose from you. What was that about?" And I was like, "Here's my moment." <laughs> I was like, "This is great. She got the rose, and I think I specifically said, "Will you be my Valentine?" I think that's all I said, possibly. Okay, it's not the thing to say. Uh, and then uh, she cried. No. Yeah. No, she 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 didn't go to lunch and she cried. And then we all came back from lunch. Word spread fast. And my entire class was like, hey, Jamie, are you okay? And I think they all went to her first and was like, what's happening? Why yeah, are you, you go crying? to the person who's crying. Yeah. And then they got the story from her. And then they were like, oh. They were like, they're like Jameson probably also feels bad. <laughs> yeah, they're like we know we know you and we know Jameson and we know that Jameson. So, we 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 were in a class with Jameson last year. He kind of did the same shit. We all decided not to talk about it. This is a much more public thing. I don't think <laughs> we can ignore it this time. Yeah, you. you not gonna lie, you cried. <laughs> yeah, and so. That happened, and I remember just being consoled by every girl in the class, and trying to trying to walk it off, and being so unsuccessful. I, I bet they I, did. They say something along the lines of, "No, don't worry, that's sweet, Jameson. Yeah. That's so nice that you would, you know, you would yeah. take the time to buy something and 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 ask her in that way. It's very sweet. So sweet. It's very. It's so sweet, and you don't do it again." So I learned my lesson. And uh, I don't think I ever talked to her again. Really? Like, even, even like through high school, never talked to her again. Wow. That's that was, so fucking that was, hilarious. That, that was bad. Learned my lesson. Uh, don't be a simp. That's not the way to get girls. In eighth grade, I figured out what it is that you do. You want to know what, what it is? I, yeah, of course. You join a band. Oh, shit. 
that's where I went wrong. I, jo I joined improv. Yeah, that's a, that was a mistake. And then I, so I quit my band and then did improv. Oh, see, so you went the reverse route. Yeah, that was. Or what? Yeah. I mean, minus, for me, minus the band. So here's, here's the plot twist of the story, Tim, is that seventh grade, I go under the radar for a year. Eighth grade, I join a band. Uh, I had been playing drums for, for a few years. And my band for a bunch of uh, kids in junior high was really good. And so we had like a concert, like in eighth grade, there was a talent show and my band closed it. And I, there, there was a, a girl actually asked me out after that. Whoa. Like, like immediately after the talent show, a girl came backstage and asked me to go to the dance. There was nice, like a semi dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um so we we kinda we kinda I don't I wouldn't even say we dated. We we like hung yeah, out a times. For for maybe a couple weeks and went to the semi formal and then she ghosted me. That happens. Yeah. And I, I figured out later from someone that uh it was specifically and they told like she she told this person that it was <laughs> it was because I was boring. <laughs> like there was there was the front there was the front that I played drums in a band and like oh wow that guy must be interesting and then wow. after, after after me going to her house and us going on like a one date and the dance she was like oh no this guy's boring and never talked to me again insane not like that's insane that like of her to think that but like just the openness to be like yeah he's boring <laughs> came to that conclusion completely independently you a did? couple of years later you did yeah what led you to that conclusion i was at a restaurant one time and i ordered the philly cheesesteak and as i was eating the philly cheesesteak i i put it down and i was like wow this is a really good philly cheesesteak and i wanted to explain to this person how good it was and i said you know what is so good about a philly cheesesteak is the cheese in the steak. And they were like, Jameson, it's called it's called a Philly cheese steak. That's what everybody likes about it. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking boring. <laughs> Holy shit. Was it even not like from Philly? Was it just a cheesesteak? No, it was fucking Dude, wait from till you have a fucking Philly cheesesteak. I've I've been to Philly and I've gotten I've gotten a cheesesteak. Oh, I bet you went fucking bonkers, dude. <laughs> no, this was after I went to Philadelphia. <laughs> I got a real cheesesteak, and then I went back to Central New York and got. It's not even called a Philly cheesesteak at this restaurant. It's called a steak and peppers. It's called a steak and peppers sandwich, but it's a Philly cheesesteak. And I was like, man, the cheese and the steak is so good. That's, <laughs> that's, what an incredible way to realize something. Yeah. So eighth grade, that happened. And then ninth grade, word had not gotten out that I was a boring person that is not worth uh, their time. <laughs> and, and after the town show, my band had like uh, their own, we had our own concert where we opened up for this local band mm -hmm. 
and a bunch of people went not a lot of people but a bunch like a fair amount of maybe a couple hundred people nice um which which was small for my school my my school had like 1500 people but to get a couple hundred high schoolers to go to like a concert though like that's kind of big dude after that there i had like legitimate fangirls which i was not comfortable with it was it was way too big of a change like people would just come up to me in the hallways and they the one girl had made a friendship bracelet with my name on it nice. um one person had written a poem about me uh one girl wrote a fan fiction about me oh is that where you kind of like drew the line yeah i was like this is too much yeah when someone writes a full fucking story about you so that was very weird and and after high school it calmed down once i went to high school like uh how my school works is that eighth grade and ninth grade uh are junior high and then 10th 11th 12th was a different it was like a you know high school in a different building yeah and so after i got to high school that that kind of stopped because all the I think all of the girls that liked me must have been eighth graders. And so they, they weren't at the high school. There was nobody older than me that was like into me because I was in a band. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, but then like, I remember when I was of like a few years later, some, I was talking to this one girl at, at the high school talent show. And they were like, do you remember when every girl in the junior high was like in love with you? Like it's just if so if I peak if I peaked in junior high, um, please tell me, Tim, because I can't let I that happen. Because I, I had I didn't I, I didn't have every girl at my high school like falling over me. So I wouldn't say you I wouldn't say you peaked, but I, I'd say you certainly uh, you know sidestepped some good experiences. Although the, I, the girls that were that at least would come up to me were not they were. You know, it's 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 not like the people that you're trying to start a relationship with. There, there was no reciprocation of feelings from your end. Then also, like... It, That's noble, though. That's noble, though. You stuck to your guns. You stuck to your feelings. The last episode, we were able to kind of tie the movie back into, into what we were talking about. So, let's think about that. Yeah. I How mean, does the shape of water... How does our life experience shape... How we see the shape of water. I would kind of see it. And this is word vomit. This is not probably not going to make any sense. But my lens, you know, the way I see uh, the, the shape of water is that, you know, sometimes you, f- you find love in uh, the, least, the, the place you'd least expect it. Sometimes you find it uh, you know, in a bag on Valentine's Day in fifth grade. Sometimes you find it in a Tinder match. Sometimes you find it in a fish tank in a secret government lab in Baltimore in the 1960s. But, you know, if there's one thing that we can all agree on, it's, uh, you probably shouldn't fuck a fish. Here's what I have to say. Um, I would say that my point of view character was Eliza's best friend who 
loves pies and admits his feelings to someone and is immediately shut down. <laughs> and he's made, he's, he feels shame. He's made to feel shame for the way that he feels and for the people that he loves. And so I would say, don't share your feelings. I would say, bury them deep inside <laughs> your soul until they rot you from the inside. Don't show all your cards, only some of them, and then run away. Yeah, that's, that's what I would have to say. You know what? I agree with that. I share that sentiment, Jameson. And still, don't fish. Don't fuck the fish. Don't fuck the fish. Come on. Don't fuck the fish. If you're going to get romantic with anybody, and I, I cannot advise against that enough, do not share your feelings. Do not share your feelings with a fish. They have, <laughs> they have no attention span. Oh, come on. You're going to have to tell them so many times. Holy shit. <laughs> Incredible. Do you have anything else you want to say, that, Tim? That, that just about wraps it up for me. Okay, so some big updates is that we actually have uh, social media. Woo, there we go. Recording, we're not active, but we, we, we have the handles. So you can catch us on Twitter, at AccidentsPod. Accidents Happen Pod was too long. <laughs> That's what we said in the, the first episode. I tried to make it happen. It's uh, all right. Twitter it's all right. So we're at, we're at Accidents Pod. And then on Instagram, we are Accidents Happen Pod. There we go. Instagram lets yeah. us do our thing. Yeah. So on Instagram, we're at Accidents Happen Pod. So that's still good. Uh, my Twitter... I think I also got this wrong. So there's there's a whole lot of addendums. <laughs> On Twitter, I'm at Jameson underscore styles. And on Instagram, on Instagram, I am I'm like at Jameson styles underscore seventy three or some shit like that. But if you search Jameson styles, I'll probably show up. Hell yeah, man! And uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I am both on both at Timmy B. Or no, not at Timmy B. At Timmy Brenner. Very That's good. It. And if you're gonna email Tim Timmy Brenner, uh, don't don't click the first one that shows up. It's not that one. It's a different guy. Send it to whatever one I tell you to. Actually, read. Actually, read what he tells you. <laughs> or else you might send pee pee poo poo caca pants to random Joe Schmo. But accidents happen, Tim. Accidents happen. That's the that's the show, guys. 